What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from Seattle, Ballard, Washington. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Jake and special guest Zane for this A Few Too Many podcast, boys. Thank you, Jay Page. Uh, this is Jake. I'm feeling great and ready to talk some Zags and sports with my guys. What's up, gentlemen? We got an extremely exciting podcast for you tonight. A great interview with Ryan Edwards, someone who was in our class while we attended GU. I'm pumped. It is March. Let's go fucking Zags, baby. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, as always, we're joined by our interns. And, and as Zane mentioned, we have a great interview. But first, we got to roll through our headlines. Then we talked to Ryan Edwards, former center for Gonzaga. Uh, recap last week's games, the last two conference games for Gonzaga for this awesome team, and then uh, discuss the WCC tournament a little bit, and then check up on the rest of the NCAA. Uh, with that being said, Dan, do you mind taking us away? Let's rock and roll. Let's jump right in. The Zags make school history, put together an undefeated regular season for the first time in program history the only unbeaten team in college basketball boys step one is complete step one of i think three steps what we just have to win the wcc and then uh win it all and it doesn't seem to be hard for us because we've only uh, won one game by less than double digits and that's when our five-star point guard was injured for over half of it so i'm feeling confident how are you feeling zane yeah well i'll Obviously, I'm feeling really good these days. Um, this is, I, I would say this is where we expected to be at this point in the season. Maybe undefeated it exceeded our expectations a little bit. I think if you're being realistic at the beginning of the year, undefeated w- would have been the absolute peak for this team. We met that peak. Uh, one thing I'd like to point out, though, is the players decided not to cut down the nets after this final game at home. I personally absolutely love that decision by these players. It shows me that they understand the goal for this year. It shows me that they're not just satisfied with with you know clinching the WCC conference regular season title. And so that that gets me even more confident in this team because their head is where my head is right now. I love it. I love it. Where Zane's head is, the team's head should be. So no, that's that's a good sign, obviously. Um, no, this is. Uh, I guess we have you know fifty one straight home victories. No big deal. I'm looking at you, Michigan, losing a, a home game to Illinois without Iowa. We'll we'll touch on that later. But um, yeah, overall, love where this team's going. They're peaking at the right time, and let's go win a ship. Business baby. And if we needed, if we needed any evidence of just how dominant this regular season was, just go check at the WCC awards. Coach of the year, player of the year, newcomer of the year, four guys on the first team, all WCC, Andrew Nemhart, second team. And don't forget our guy, Umar Balo, all freshman WCC, baby. What a regular season the Zags have put together. Let's keep this train rolling. All right, moving on to the NFL. Russell Wilson apparently doesn't want to be traded by the Seahawks, but if he does, he would like to go to the Bears, the Saints, the Cowboys, or the Raiders. We talked about this Russell Wilson, you know, fandom and Seahawks fans going south on him earlier uh, in the in the season. 
what the hell is going on with Russell Wilson? Zambi, I think uh, I think you got to jump in here as the uh, Seahawk representative. Yeah, so uh, me and Baja, we have some pretty strong uh, <laughs> feelings here. You guys can't see it, but he's looking great. Um, <laughs> there's no way that Russell gets traded. It's more of him just saying, hey, I'm going to light a fire under your ass. And the fact that J.J. Watt just got signed to the Cardinals, it's like him, I forgot what the other guy was, Chandler Jones, I'm pretty sure. And then you're dealing with Bosa and Aaron Donald. You have to invest in the offensive line this year, whether it be the draft. I mean, Damian Lewis was the top-rated guard, rookie guard from the last draft, so we did well there. But that's obviously just a Band-Aid. We need a fix. And I think part of that, too, comes with Pete Carroll's play calling. He's running an old-school offense in a new-school NFL. And so let Russ cook. I think um, I think John Schneider's going to make some moves here, but obviously they don't do anything before the draft. So all this hoopla on ESPN, the New Orleans mayor saying, come to New Orleans, Russell, and like Cam Jordan too, like get, get out of here. Jake, stop asking me if I want your freaking Bears jersey. I don't want it. <laughs> one one quick response to uh, what Zamblin had to say here. He mentioned, uh, you know, get, get Russ some help. Um, kind of alluded to maybe blaming Pete Carroll's coaching style for the situation here. Um, what I kind of see is like the obvious, you know, target to point to in this whole thing is Russell Wilson decided to sign a massive contract a couple of years ago. Was it last year? Uh, I think two, two years ago. It was recent. I think it was two years. That money yeah. could have gone towards helping you with an offensive line. And so drafting a rookie offensive lineman is probably not going to help you for at least a year, maybe a couple of years. And so, you know, I think Russ has, you know, he wants to have protection. Well, he chose financial protection over physical protection. And I think it's starting to come back to bite him a little bit. And the thing about that too is I I really don't see Russell restructuring his contract because, I mean, he may seem like the Bible thumper, like goody two-shoes guy, but I'm not going to name names, but I do know a few people who have met him in the Seattle-Bellevue area. And he kind of comes off as a dick and like kind of pretentious, pompous. And so I don't see that happening. I think Sierra is definitely in his ear. And you know what they say? And I'm not going to say it on the pod. <laughs> I don't know what they say. I will pitch to Russell Wilson. You know what division has like no good defense besides the Bears? The NFC North. <laughs> like, come on over. We'll, we'll shed some first round picks. We did it for Mac. Let's get an offensive weapon. And fuck Aaron Rodgers. You get a fuck Aaron Rodgers. That's probably what I love most about Russell Wilson is how many times he's broken Aaron Rodgers' heart. Not even the Packers at this point. It's fuck Aaron Rodgers. Hoop, where do you stand on this since uh, Russ mentioned the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys have Dak, we think? I mean, I'm in the – I'm all for, you know, deal done with Dak. But – if that doesn't happen and we can arrange, you know, a sign and trade with the Hawks or Russ, Russ won a Super Bowl, went to two of them. 
guy's a winner. So, yeah, if it happens, great. But um, I'm team deck. We can work it out. Wait, when was the last time the Cowboys were in playoffs? <laughs> When's the last time the Hawks won more than one Super Bowl? What? Uh, what kind of question is that? 94. <laughs> it was 94. <laughs> Before you were born. That was an all-time bad comeback by Cooper. Kind of, I what was the question originally, Zambi? <laughs> when when was the last time the Cowboys were in the playoffs, or at least like relevant? <laughs> oh, we were in the playoffs like two years ago. It's the NFC East. They remember, can get uh, in pretty easily. <laughs> Actually, do you remember Zambi? The no, was... Cowboys were in the playoffs. They beat the Seahawks in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, we have bad well... comebacks in every direction. <laughs> See, what's in my head right now, I'm picturing Tony Romo holding the snap and Jordan Babineau chasing him down Ooh. and the Cowboys losing in the wild card. I think it was like 2012 or something. This is getting personal now. This and is... I was I was at that game. Yeah. I was at that game. Yeah, I'd say we move on to the next headline. We can go down a serious rabbit hole here. We're not going <laughs> to A lot of anger. Okay, that's fair. Bit. That's fair. <laughs> All right. And finally, definitely, it's, it's, it's last but not least – Zane pays up on his NFL challenge punishment and becomes a TikTok sensation. If you haven't seen it, you are doing something wrong. Check out the Instagram, the Twitter. Uh, Zane, the TikTok uh, lived up to expectation and then some. Yeah, so first thing that came to mind um, after I made the TikTok blew up a little bit and I remembered a quote by... Uh, one of my favorite artists fame for me is not external it's internal so I've been famous for a long time you know who said that Lady Gaga Lady Gaga said that this is nothing new for me I'm used to blowing up on the internet Uh, I'll shake my ass if you need me to you're welcome world don't show your girlfriends I like it. I like it. That's uh, real big of you Zane as as most of us know he's also huge in the uh, Dodgers after dark Latino Twitter. He's definitely had a few viral tweets there. And uh, it's just, it's it's great to have such a, a big presence on this podcast. You're welcome. I know. It's honestly hard to even do this podcast anymore. I just keep looking over at just that shelf that's sitting next to me. And I'm like, wow, that's been here the whole time. You know, Zane's suddenly removed his glasses. Oh, he's, he's, he's the hot girl now. Damn. In all, in all fairness. I have a newfound respect for these TikTok stars. These 16-year-olds. Beca- yes. For the ability to memorize these wild dance moves. It, I, I think Courtney had to sit me down and she had to play the YouTube video explaining how to do the dance in slow motion upwards of 25 times before I got it. And it, this was definitely hours of work for, was it a nine-second video? Ten to nine-second video? Man. Worth it. <laughs> these TikTokers, they crank out anywhere from three to five videos a day. And you just have to do well, one. Well, I mean, if that's all you're doing all day, then. Yeah, we're looking at you, Jackson Mahomes. They're also, they're posting on Instagram and, you know, they're doing their promotional there's shit. A, there's like... a button that says share to other social media. You don't even have to do much. You just click that button and it's good to go. I will say. Quick question is to. Oh, dang. Go ahead. Now that my punishment has been satisfied all eyes turn to justin page 
Um, are we forgetting Cooper? Hoon? Yeah, we can't forget Coops. I will take the burden for now, but with with an effort being placed towards Coops' eventual resurgence of his punishment. Um, yeah, I'm ready whenever you guys are. I I think Saturday. Let's do Saturday. Let's do it. Well, Jake's golfing in the morning. I can I can Saturday right. afternoon. Right. Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Let's do it. Let's do, do it. Do it at uh, halftime of whatever the top game is, the way we did the Notre Dame one. That Notre was... Dame was never the top game, Dan. The one I crushed? Can't even remember. <laughs> it wasn't even memorable. That was a snack, Dan. All right. That was a snack just like Zane's TikTok. We all remember Jake's face. That turned into a meme. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge I challenge Jake. I, I was going to ask. I challenge Jake to take that last wing one more time. Unfiltered without Mitch Penny to save his life. Don't do it, Jake. I'll take one wing. Oh, he took it. He took the last wing, boys. He's awesome. He took the last wing. Oh, he did a parallel with him. Oh, nope. You said you take the last wing. You take the last wing. You know, whatever. (laughs) Some people have to take plates off the bar. That's fine. We all know. One last question while we wrap up this TikTok madness. (laughs) So, Jake, did Izzy select that dance for Zane or Zane did you yourself seek out the sound No, Izzy selected that dance and she had raving reviews for Zane. She's like, "Wow, that was way better than I thought it would be." He committed to it. 10 out of 10. 10 yeah. out of 10. I I think Izzy technically selected um Coop. Who's that? Who's the famous chick? Megan the Stallion. What's that? No, no, no. The TikToker. <laughs> I don't know. Addison. Addison Ray. It was the Addison Ray rendition. I audibled because I tried learning that dance and it was way too difficult. Sure. I went with Paulina Gretzky. Way easier. Mm. Way sexier. Addison Ray is hot. What was your favorite move out of that choreography? Oh, it's for sure the one where you like show your ass off a little bit. You kind of like show the curvature. That was my favorite. You mean where you promote a healthy lifestyle? <laughs> This is not a healthy lifestyle I live. You went into this one? I don't I don't remember what the lyric was for that, but yeah. Me neither. No. I was trying to remember it. I, I couldn't do it. Crazy? Crazy? Is that it? Moose. Oh, That's moose antlers. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Okay, okay. There we go. That is bad, awful radio of us trying to figure out TikTok. <laughs> and those are the headlines. Let's get this thing moving. Alrighty, passing it off to uh, Dan for the Ryan Edwards interview. Alright, big night here on the A Few Too Many Podcasts. We're making history tonight. Our first ever former Gonzaga Bulldog is none other than the seven foot one big man from Kalispell, Montana. Number 25, Ryan Edwards. Ryan, welcome to the show. We're fired up to have you tonight. Wow, that has been a minute since I've heard that one. Number 25, Jeez. baby. Seven foot one from, <laughs> from uh, Glacier High School in Kalispell, Montana. Yeah, that sounds like a starting lineup. I've never heard that either, though, so that's all right, though. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, uh, let's just jump right in here. Uh, calendar just... Just turn to March. Um, this is obviously the biggest time for college basketball fans, college basketball players. When you think of March, like where do you go? Where does that mindset uh, like for, uh, you know, you as a as a former player who experienced just big time games during this month? 
Um, you know, March is just kind of it's hectic because you never really know what's coming next. You know, you got your WCC tournament, which I mean, we know who's winning that, and then you just kind of got to wait till Sunday to see. You can't really plan. I mean, what are you gonna do? Scout sixty-three teams, and so you know you kind of have to pick and have an idea. You know, obviously you can pick seedings of you know who's gonna be the sixteen seeds if you're the one, blah blah blah. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because it's everything's up in the air, and it's it, obviously as we know it's March. Everybody's ballgame. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And this is this is Justin here. But Ryan, can you? kind of paint the picture for us in regards to the 2017 year. It was a pretty special year, but I think I can speak for all of us when we say we were in attendance to that senior night game when BYU was in town, and unfortunately they beat us on our home court. What did that do for the team's mindset that year, and how did it position you guys for March? Oh, it, Honestly, we were obviously you're disappointed in the moment um, losing that game, but at the same time, I feel like we needed to get one out of our – get one done, you know, before getting to the tournament. Um, so you can kind of know what it feels like before it's, we, we lose and then it's the end of the road. Um, so I think that was a big, big development part for us to snap back the way we did. Uh, I mean, WCC tournament, we just ran the table, and then it just made it for a hell of a run, obviously, over in the NCAA tournament. Are you nervous at all for this Zag team that they haven't experienced a loss yet, assuming they don't lose in what now it's only two games they have to play in the WCC tournament? I'm not worried about the WCC tournament. Everybody seems kind of like bums this year. Um, but, like, look at St. Mary's. Holy cow. They were playing LMU, and LMU is really good this year. I don't get it. Um, but it's just it's so unpredictable with the WCC uh, I think they'll run the table there. Um, but, man, I do not like being on this side of the fan base, though, because it is, it's a wild ride when you're watching them play. Like, you just, all the emotions, and you know what's kind of, I mean, I could, they run the same offense, so I know what's coming for the most part. Um, but, no, it's, Nervous. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, a lot of guys have been through a lot of stuff, seen a lot of things, um, and they've just kind of been waiting for that moment. Um, so I know it was, it was honestly, it's the NCAA tournament is just ready for someone's time to shine. Really yeah, awesome. Ryan, this is, uh, this is Zane here. A little bit ago, you sort of alluded to, and you know, I'll say it the WCC, hot garbage, trash. Um, and so sort of like a, a kind of a common theme this year, first half it's, you know, maybe we come out a little sluggish. The games are a little closer than a lot of us would like them to be as fans. Um, when you were on the team, did you ever notice like maybe it was difficult to get up for some games sometimes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like when you're going down and you got a Pepperdine and San Diego road trip and you're in LA and Malibu. And you got to go play a, a, a well-played high school team. I mean, it's yeah, you're number one team in the country. ESPN, you have to what, beat them by 32 points for people to make money. Like come for on. us so, to make money, for us to make it. Yeah, for us to make it, not them. Um, but it's 
it's crazy because it's yeah it's hard to wake up for because it's like all right get this thing over with but at the same time they're coming out like this their super bowl like could you imagine if we beat them like so you know they're coming out balls to the wall and you just have to be all right let's get this thing done you know (laughs) and some games yeah you have more energy than others but you know there's some days where not really feeling like it during those type of trips like where you're down at san diego and pepperdine um when you're traveling with the team, like obviously this year's team, they don't get to do anything while they're there because of COVID. But um, did you guys get to like explore the areas you traveled to at all or do any like um, fun activities that was not related to basketball? Yeah. I mean, um, like we'd go down, we'd, we stayed right on Venice beach in LA. Um, so that was, it was pretty cool. We got to just always go explore. We had a, a Disney, uh, I don't know, the ESPN tournament closed out like five years ago, four years ago now, um, down in Orlando. And we had, what was it? We had played two games or something, had a day break before the championship. And then we flew home, but it was after the second game. We were like, all right, we all got tickets to Disney World. You know, we're like, hey, let's go. <laughs> and Coach Few decided to give everybody all the tickets to with the kids, coaches' kids. And I'm like, man, I'm not playing tomorrow. So <laughs> can I – let me go to Disney World, man. Like, I don't need to rest my legs. I'm going to be sitting the whole time. Um, so, I mean, there's some stuff we were able to do, some stuff we weren't able to do. But for the most part, we had a good amount of freedom. We usually had, like, film at, like, 10 or 11 o'clock at night just to make sure everybody was back. Ryan, you talk about some of those, uh, you know, memorable road trips. I would imagine you have one that probably isn't that memorable. You guys go all the way to Japan to play Pittsburgh, and that game is called at halftime because the floor was too wet. Take us through, like, what that mentality was like for you guys to go all the way there. You're playing this game. You're kicking off the season, and then just like that, the game is canceled, and you're flying home. No, get this, okay? So we're in Japan five days for one game, right? Japan was a wild trip. All right, I'll walk you through Japan. Um, get there. They have frozen pig head, heads in the gift store. Like, what? oh, man, blew my mind, right? So we get get in a small old bus. We went and got sushi, and it was like a conveyor sushi, right? So you, like, have a tablet, and you order what you want, and the thing comes to you, stops, and take it off the conveyor, right? And you kind of just pay as, a, as you go. Um, and we had four people per table. Man, I'm telling you, Shemek's table. It was Shemek, Nigel, Perkins, and I want, I want to say Kyle Wilcher. Dude, they stacked up over 100, like, plates of sushi. It was absolutely insane. And then we went, shot assault rifles with the Marines. Or, yeah, the Marines. It was pretty cool. Um and we saw, like, I mean, that was a pretty cool experience. So, like, we grabbed, like, the casings for, like, memorable stuff, you know. And we get to the game. It's a close game throughout. I mean, the dude did the splits and split his head open. It was ugly. The floor was slippery. You could tell, like, during warm-ups. Um, and there's, like, shoot, there's 25 seconds left on, in this half time, right? Or in this half. And... I think it was Wiltshire got his second foul. So I check in and play defense last second of the half. We're up by one. 
my guy gets an offensive rebound, puts it in. They go, they go up by one, and we go to halftime, and they quit the game or they postpone the game. I'm like, oh, great way for me to check into that game and just blow it. Um, but yeah, then we went to Leeds, and I was the first person to go through security, and I got surrounded by about ten or twelve Japanese cops, and they were yelling at me because I didn't know what they were talking about, and they showed me a picture of bullet casings, and they're like. Is this in your bag? Like, uh, yeah. And, yeah, I was freaking out because I had no idea what they were saying. But then if you were a senior or seven feet tall, you got to ride first class. And so, like, we had, like, eight hours to kill at the airport. So we all went to, like, the first class lounge and just got wasted <laughs> and then got on this flight and passed out for the entire way home. It was an incredible trip. That's unbelievable. All right, Ryan, you've <laughs> talked to us about L.A., San Diego, even Japan, but we know the real place, the real fun city to visit is Sin City. And most of the time, as Zag players, you're celebrating a WCC championship. What are some of your best memories, you know, following up a WCC championship and having a good time in Vegas? Okay, I promised Dan I would not hold back, but there's some stories I do have to hold back with Vegas because um, there's just there's no shot. Um, no, it was the cool thing with Vegas is, you know, you'd be out two, three in the morning, feeling obviously very well, and you like run into your coach, and he's feeling great too, and then you know everybody just kind of goes throughout the night. I remember it was my, what my fourth year or third year, and it was me, Rem. Dustin, they won't care because they love to party. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna name, name them out. Um, shout out my boys. But we went clubbing like all night, and then we went to the casino, and I, we walked out the casino. It was 7 a.m. light out, and we had a plane ride at like I think it was noon or one to leave Vegas. So we just went and sat by the wave pool and drank water bottles full of vodka. And got on the plane and passed out. <laughs> There's a common the theme with these the uh, plane rides. What's that? There's a common theme with these plane rides, man. It sounds like you guys are just tanked and just flying home. Hey, man. It, good times. <laughs> good times. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, hey, Ryan, do you have any other specifically great memories from that 2017 year? Uh, anything that comes to mind? Honestly, it was – it all just went by so fast because um, everything was just going the way we wanted. Uh, it was wild. You know, everybody was playing at the top of their level. Everybody was talking about us, raving about us. Uh, we get to the tournament, you know. So once you get to that, like, that sweet 16, it's like, all right, four left, you know, let's just finish it out. And – uh you know, we won the, got to the lead eight, made it to the final four, and go home to Spokane. And we got back, I think it was like 11, 12 in the morning, or 11 at night, 12 in the morning. And uh, shoot, there was probably five to 600 fans outside of MacArthur, like surrounding our bus. Um, it was a pretty crazy feeling. And just kind of like going back to school, like, dude, I didn't even block in a minute. And I felt like a celebrity. You know, um, it was 
if we would have won it, I think Spokane might have burned down. But oh, it hopefully you know it we did just it about year. burn down. We were burning couches. I remember Dan jumped over one. <laughs> oh, I no, I remember coming home to it for sure. Yeah, you guys, yeah, wild. But I just remember walking into Scotty's and we walked in the back entrance and the owner gave us all a bottle of champagne and we walked in there and just sprayed that shit all over that place. Oh, it was awesome. That is a sweet story. Going back to just kind of like maybe the the beginning of that year, uh, when did you know that that team was special? Honestly, once uh, Jordan Matthews kind of joined that picture, man, he was a knockdown shooter. And, like, he never really got his – he never really went out. Like, he never had, like, a 30-ball game. You know what I mean? But, like, he always just stayed persistent, waited for his time to come. Um, and, yeah, I mean, big shot Bob hits that big old three. Um, but he was he was a big key, good, uh, good add to the uh, team. Uh, but I mean, we just had, we had every, we didn't have a missing link. Um, we are just, our talent level was honestly a lot like this team, uh, this year, but they're, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to compare. Their guards are very, very skilled. Um, but I think, I don't know what Drew Timmy's going to do or what Shemek, Shemek, I think I destroyed Drew Timmy. I think Shemek would have a hard time defending him. Don't get me wrong, Drew Timmy's footwork and skill is just unbelievable. But, dude, Shemek's a freaking animal. Um, I had to guard him for four years. It was – we got into some brute matches. But, you know, um, they're just – they're different at the same time. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't – I think it was just all the pieces clicking together is what made that team really special. I mean, looking at your – Gonzaga career it's crazy to see the the centers you had to guard because what you had Shemek, J3, Sabonis, um, I mean am I missing oh Collins, Wilchert uh, who was probably who was the, the yeah. toughest guy to guard during your your career at Gonzaga? Sabonis man it talk about a dude that just pissed you off like I've never seen a guy who can go up for a, a hook and grab your two wrists as you're going up to defend with his opposite hand and hold him away. Like, he's just, his footwork, the way he's, he, he thinks about the game, um, he just, he was he was a very good player. I, just, I mean, shoot, dude, the two-time NBA All-Star now. Um, pretty impressive what he, what he has done. And speaking of your, uh, you know, two-time All-Star, DeMontis Sabonis, just like all of us, at some point, you're a freshman at Gonzaga. What was it like uh, acclimating Sabonis to Spokane and what, uh, you know, Zag culture was all about? Maybe even like his first weekend at college or something. I'm, I gave him a girl welcome to you. Uh, welcome to Spokane, buddy. Uh, we, uh, I lived with him in DeSoe. We had the bottom right corner closest to that nurse's building. Um, and so, you know, he – he was he was Mr. Pretty Boy. Obviously, the dude lived in a freaking castle in Lithuania. Um, he had a maid come clean our place. It was incredible because I didn't pay for it. Um, but you know, Domas he was kind of 
I want to say gullible, but he was just down kind of for anything because he didn't know anything, right? So it was his first weekend at GU, and I took him over to my buddies at 312. You guys probably know 312, right? Mission, those boys. We're familiar. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I took him over there. It was summertime, and just got him fucked up. He uh, he really struggled. Uh, I remember doing cake stand with him, and he he was one holding my legs, and he like lost. He like couldn't stand up anymore, and he threw me into the fridge, broke the door handle off the fridge. It was awesome. Um, but no, Delmas, he, you know what? He, he had a great time, and he called in sick the next two days and stayed at our coach's house, and never hung out with me a weekend after that. <laughs> So that was a short-lived, short-lived time with the bonus. That was absolutely gold. Uh, one other guy I just want to, you know, t- talking about Zags in the NBA, um, Rui. I remember, you know, when we were in uh, broadcasting class together, I would talk to you about Rui, and you would just be like, "This dude is just brutal, man. He can't, he can't comprehend anything. Like, just that, that's a language barrier." We thought, we thought he, he was slow. We thought he was slow. Um, like. <laughs> You know what, dude, funny thing about Rui. So once he starts, you know, getting comfortable, it was like his second year. He comes, he, we're having like a team meeting. He goes, guys, my name's Louie. <laughs> and we all looked at him like, nah, bro, you're Rui. You're going to just keep that one because we ain't changed in that for two years. But, dude, the, the best was just hit. Coach Few yelling at him in practice was like, oh, my gosh, I can't even – <laughs> he just coach too was like talking to like a little kid you know and he just didn't get it but at the same time you just let Rui hoop and he's gonna give you a bucket so coach too couldn't really complain on that but running any sets or out of bounds plays it's not happening with him looking at where he's at now like how how impressed are you with the way that he was able to to develop and kind of get over all those hurdles and now be the guy that, you know, everyone thought he probably could be as long as he could, uh, you know, figure out how to communicate on the court, really. Oh, we all knew. I mean, that dude's a freak athlete. Um, but, yeah, we all knew once – all he had to do was learn how to speak English and he was going to the league. That's all we were waiting for. I mean, um, everybody knew it was coming. Yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal athlete. But at the same time, I think people misspoke. Obviously, we see it now, but I almost I called him. I should have think I should. Oh, I said Brandon Clark should have went before Rui in the draft. And I mean, look at him in this NBA nuts. Yeah, Ryan, you sort of uh, talked about few in practice, and you know, sometimes he yells at, at guys like Rui. But a lot for for a lot of the fans, what we hear is that Tommy Lloyd is sort of the enforcer in that duo of of few and tommy um is that is that sort of true in practice is tommy or during games at halftime is tommy the guy that has to be the enforcer tommy is the kind of guy like he'll get his before coach few comes in and blows you up tommy will come say his little spiel but like don't get me wrong love tommy coach tommy is my guy love him to death but the dude's got a list and so like He'll start like, come on, you guys. What are we doing? You know, uh, and like, how are you supposed to keep a straight face for that? You know, um, 
but then yeah, Coach Few just comes in and spits all over you. So it's it's a lose lose situation for sure. What do you think of beyond Rui? Uh, who else was another guy that Coach Few would just really kind of lay into throughout your time there? Hmm. Brian Alberts. <laughs> he loved yelling at BA. Um, it was just what he, BA could just be walking up on the sideline and he would make fun of his, or like, tell him to change his posture or something, you know? Um, just always had something to say. Um, another one would be Perk, but at the same time, Perk asked for it. So I can't really get mad at him. Like Coach Field would tell him not to do something. The next play, Perk's going to do it. But if he makes it, he's going to look at Coach Field and be like, huh, told you. Um, and so it was, I don't know, there was a lot of different relationships with Coach Field and players. Um, throughout your time at Gonzaga, who was the funniest guy you played with? I mean, this is kind of a no-duh answer, but probably Rem. Um, but, I mean, that's why I think Rem played one of the biggest roles on the team. Rem was best friends with everybody, and that's kind of what brought kept everybody together, you know. Um, and nobody really obviously saw that. Um, but, man, Rem was one of the funniest dudes. Um, he just always knew, knew if you were in a bad mood how to, like, you know, give you a smile or cheer you up. Um, so I definitely probably ran, ran the good one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, even from just an outside perspective, like everyone just loves Rem. <laughs> like continuing on, it's it, it's crazy the amount of support actually he gets. He is a very likable personality, um, and he's just he's so outgoing. His personality can just, I mean, honestly, light up a room. Um, so yeah, shout out to my guy, Rob. That's my boy. So Ryan, earlier you sort of talked about, um, sort of the, the hypothetical matchup between like what Shemmy, what Shemmy could do against, uh, Drew Timmy, if they went head to head, sort of, if Shemmy was on offense, he would kind of expose Timmy a little bit, vice versa, maybe, maybe be different gun to your head right now. Who wins a single game? The 2017 Natty run team or this year's current team? Us, no doubt. Look how deep we were. I mean, it was wild. We had Rui was like the ninth dude. You know what I mean? Um, so it's the depth that we had on that team and the size. I mean, okay, let's say Timmy handles handles Shimmick. All right. He's tired now. Here comes that call. All right. Yeah, here we go. Um, you know, so, like, we just – we always had a weapon. Um, so, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. This team is crazy. I've never seen a team play basketball like they do. Their ball movement, we probably get eaten alive on defense. But at the same time, we're probably getting a bucket majority of the time. It is um, It is kind of funny because, like they're, they're from what I remember, the 2017 team um, – was highly touted for defense and this team is highly touted for their offense. And so it, I, I think it'd be a phenomenal matchup, but you're right. I think there are some serious, uh, like we're just not big on this team. As you watch this team, do you see that as like an area of concern headed into, into the tournament in a couple weeks here? 
Sorry, what was that? Do you do you see size um, with this with this current team as an issue heading into the tournament? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, look, he Drew Timmy handled McCormick from Kansas. He handled the probably player of the year, Luke Garza. You know, don't get me wrong, Garza got his thirty, but I mean, the rest of the team shut it down. They didn't allow nothing else. Um, so you just gotta you gotta pick and choose, pick your battles. Who who do you want to take away? Who do you want to accept to shoot? Um, and that's what this team's really good at. You know, Garza was he was getting his touches, but at the same time he was getting a lot of double teams, um, getting a lot of pressure. Uh, don't get me wrong, one on one, if they didn't double team, Garza's getting fifty. Um, but yeah, that's size. It, is, it does worry me a little bit, but you know he's, he's shown that he's can handle pretty much anybody in the in the NCAA. But I do think you're right, Ryan. If um, like Collins was matched up against Balo, Collins would just carve him up. Oh my gosh, he's going one two right. Balo even takes one back step. Like it's I'm not, don't know Balo. He's getting better and better every game. You know, I love watching him play just because it's so much just the dude is a raw talent. That's all he is. He just don't know how to work his body yet. I mean, I feel like he just learned how to run a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, he just he's trying to figure out how his body moves. Once he does that, I think he'll be shoot, he'll be a good four-year player for us. I mean, that, that falls right in line in our analogy. We always compared uh, Balo to, to a batch of cookies. Or he's like, oh, I think he's still cookie dough right now. I don't think he's quite in the oven yet because it's just so frustrating watching yeah. him play where it's like, oh, I bet he can be so good here no, soon, dude, but just not quite yet. Chocolate chips aren't even in the dough yet. Not <laughs> even chocolate chips in the dough yet. We're still mixing the flour. Well, if you can believe it, we Ryan actually said he was in the oven. He was kind of getting warm. But then I think it was, was it St. Mary's where he had the alley-oop dunk to cover the spread? And I think the entire podcast lost a collective two hundred and fifty dollars that night. <laughs> That's awesome. That was tough. That was awesome. But Coop, you want to take us to the uh, quick hits? Yeah, I can do that. What's up, Brian? This is Cooper. I got a couple of quick rapid fire questions for you. Um, so, oh, all right, here we go. I know you. Uh, you mentioned that guarding Shemek and uh, Sabonis were always tough. And I imagine, you know, practices would get pretty intense, particularly the scrimmages. So with that, who is always the biggest shit talker on the team in your four years? Shemek. All impulsive. No idea what the hell he was saying. <laughs> I can only imagine what that sounds like. like. <laughs> Oh, man, the best is, like, he would – because, I, I mean, I played four years with Shemek, so I knew how to piss him off. You know, like, I would pinch the back of his arm. I would punch his kidneys. I'd pull the chair on him. It's like, he would get pissed. Oh, cool of a man. You know, like, oh, dude. Funniest man to piss off. All right, Shemek. I love doing it. But at the same time, we were, he was my best bud. Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can imagine. Um, and then beyond that, on road trips, who was always your favorite teammate to room with? And uh, on the flip side, who was your least favorite? 
So I had the same roommates um, every year. So my freshman year, I had Gary Bell. In my sophomore year, I had Brian Alberts. And then I had, no, sorry, I had David Stockton, Gary Bell, and then Brian Alberts the rest of my time. How are those roommates? But as his favorite, the favorite had to probably be DA, obviously, just because I had him for three years. But me and David Stockton would watch, like, American Horror Story. And then me and Gary Bell would just watch something stupid. Dan, were you going to ask something? Or... Yeah, yeah. Ryan, how are those uh, roommates assigned? Is, is, is that a Coach Few thing? Does he try and, like, pair people up together? Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, he put, like, I think he put Kevin Pangos and Shemek in the same room one year. And Kevin went to him, like, Dude, if you want me to perform well, I can't sleep next to this thing. Um, and so, like, yeah, they kind of have a say, but from the get-go, no, it's just you show up to the hotel, it's like find your roommate, what, what, who's keys or what, go from there. Um, ranked these three. We got Senior Year Scotties, Jack and Dan's, and Star Bar. I mean, you can't you can't say none of these are bad. None of them are bad spots. Don't get me wrong. I would have to take out Star Bar's number three, just because it was a, it was a Thursday deal. You either were there or you, or you weren't, and there was nothing else besides Asian food there the rest of the week. So the Star Bar on Thursdays was popping. Um, God, it's just they're all such a different vibe. It depends on. What, it, yeah, for sure. But the next two, it depends on yeah, it depends on what kind of mood you're in. Are you in a let's just go chill, have some drinks, talk with some buddies, or are you like let's go get fucked up and see what the night does, you know? Um, I gotta go with probably Scotty's and then Jack and Dan just because of the history of Jack and Dan. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on that. Obviously, like senior Scotty's was a different animal. I mean, I think we were there every. Friday and Saturday after a game, and I know you guys were there most of the time, and it was just Oh, I remember nuts. flying in on the plane and getting in at like 9, 10 o'clock at night and going straight to our – getting into MacArthur, running home to our – with our bag, getting changed and going out to the bar. That's all we did. Show <laughs> over like 11. Yeah, yeah. No, that it was it was awesome. Um, and then, obviously, Hoofest, Big Spokane Tradition – Let's say you're on a Hoofest team, you're the big man. What two other Zags are you putting on that team from your four years? Ooh. Wow. Um, dang, I needed these questions beforehand, man. That's a good one. Um, what Are we going for the win or are we going for a good time? Good time. We're always going for a good time on this show. Yeah, we're we're a good time podcast, so let's let's roll. Oh, good time podcast. I'm going back to my boy Dustin and Ram. Come on, the two are buckets, buckets from the three point line, like and they're they will show up hammered. So that's a win win situation. Love it. Yeah, I I I like that team. Um, and then yeah, with uh, you know being a we're a good time here. Um, you and Shem sounds like you guys are buds. Who crushes the 30 rack faster between the two of you guys? Shemek. But at the same time, so 
I don't know if you guys knew about this. So at the end of the season, every year, Gonzaga and the soccer team would do a 10-man keg race. Um, and so you have 10 guys on each team race to see who finishes the keg first. And I remember my freshman year, I woke up in the backyard of the soccer team's house. And I had 42, like, marks on my arm for, like, red solo cups. And Shemek was just kept taught, just kept, he walked around with pitchers. Just, it was nuts. And then we, I woke up, everybody was still partying. And me and Shemek went out in the middle of the street and played catch with the empty keg. Because that's what people who are seven feet tall do. <laughs> who, who won those keg races? Who asked that? That was Zane. <laughs> Dang, that's a bad question. <laughs> it seems like a, a disadvantage. It seems yeah, like the Shemek. soccer team was like the LMU in this situation. The soccer team against me and Shemek and we're winning. <laughs> You're telling me the five foot eight forward from uh, the soccer team couldn't take you guys? Uh, me and Shemek? <laughs> Not a shot. <laughs> I do remember though my freshman year, it was me, Luke, Lucas Meikle, and uh, Dustin. We all lived in the Smith, and it was like the day after season. We all went to Hammy Mart. Shout out Hammy Mart, RIP. Um, we all went there, got a thirty rack, and we woke up at six thirty. It was like it was like a Tuesday. We still had school and everything. We woke up at six thirty, and we wanted to see who killed thirty racks first throughout the day. Dude, I showed up to history class at like 3 o'clock, like 22 beers deep. Faded. I'm amazed you showed up 22 beers deep. I would have been dead 12 yeah, beers deep. We couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't skip class or anything. <laughs> That's the letter of the law Dude, right I there. Watching, I, I showed watching, up to class. You cannot be mad. Dude, it was bad. I was watching Jamal Crawford highlights on my computer, and I didn't even look at the teacher one time. He like he's like, Ryan, you all right? And I was like, didn't even phase me. I didn't even hear it. And he said it again. I'm like, huh? And I'm like, oh yeah, good. Dude, I was gone. Damn. You guys are some tanks. Miss those days. Um, at least yeah, I finished. I think I finished around like 4:30. Luke was like 5:15. And Dustin didn't make it. We all went to Golden Corral. My buddy drove us. And my and Dustin was puking out the side of the car at like six o'clock. Damn. <laughs> Bag up. You're right. Yeah. That team that team beats this team, no matter what. <laughs> hey, you wanna know Dawson though? So the guys I work with, uh, a couple of them drive like a big truck to go, you know, deliver roofs and stuff. Um and so they drive through Logan neighborhood all the time. And he came up, he came in like two weeks ago. He goes, man, what the hell are all these kids doing with these piece of plywood on tables? That's all these, there's tables everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Die the fuck up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, real um, quick, Coop, real quick. Uh, jump while we're on the subject of tables, favorite drinking game? Because I know we had Pong, obviously. But then we had beer die, kind of blew up while we were there. What were you playing? Beer die is the shit. I love that game. You know why? Because I don't got to move, dude. 
I got the longest reach. I could have cement feet, and I'm still winning. Which which teammate are you picking as a beard eye partner? From GU? Yeah. Like the basketball team? Yeah. None of them, because none of them were like me and hung out with NARPs. You know, non-athletic regular people. <laughs> oh. I'd imagine Rem's like, I, only... I, can, I would imagine Rem can hold his own in the beard eye game. Am I wrong? Don't get me wrong. Ram was all right, but like they didn't. That wasn't really their deal, you know. Like I, my boys were like the three twelve dudes, you know. You know uh, like I was, I was hung out with. I didn't really kick it with the basketball team a whole lot, off the court. Um, but you know, obviously we had some, we had our nights, our few nights. But um, most of the time, I was just kicking with my normal dudes, just to kind of, I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't. Sometimes the basketball personalities get a little a little overboard for me um so, so i just kind of like hanging out with normal people so you don't kind of get away from it for a little bit yeah i feel that um and then last but not least ryan we're a big fan of the mary fuck kill question on this podcast i think we got a pretty juicy one for you so that being said mary fuck kill we got tent city zombie nation or craziness in the kennel hold on Hold on. But if I take away craziness in the... Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you, I got you. Craziness in the kennel sucks, dude. <laughs> that shit can just get killed. Um, Wait, you gotta, you gotta elaborate on that. Why Is that just like a team thing? Or like, did you just personally hate that? They didn't know game day, dude. We got a three-hour practice before that bullshit. Then we gotta go out, do some hoop- hoopla with fans, and then you gotta do... You probably play 20 minutes, and then you got to go shower and go up, and everybody and their brother had to stand in the entire circle of MacArthur and want an autograph. So you got to sit there for three hours signing your wrist away. Dude, screw craziness in the kennel. That shit sucks. I'm guessing you're killing You're killing yeah, craziness in the kennel. Here for <laughs> no, that's just for the birds. I hate it. <laughs> Um, oh, Mary Kill. Mary Kill. So I had Zombie Nation and what? Ten City. Oh, Gonzaga's already killed Ten City. I don't gotta do that. <laughs> so, you mean Dan? Know. Dan killed Ten City. Yeah. Kennelboard yeah. President Dan did kill Ten City. That is a fact. Oh, you were a part of that, weren't you, Dan? <laughs> you guys ruined everything. I remember my freshman yeah, year, it was lit. We were playing Dizzy Bat at Ted City. By the time I was a senior, there was a fence wrapping around the tents, and you couldn't breathe. They were checking your bags while you were going in. Things yeah, got too out of control. Party, hey, the school had to regulate it. And then I had to, my, you know, Kel Board and I, we all had to figure out ways around it sometimes, to, to keep it alive. Sometimes you have to say, fuck the school. <laughs> and go, no, we're the kennel club. <laughs> fuck all that. Like, come on, we're in college. Why couldn't we sit in tents and get lit up? These are great questions. I wish I would have so, thought this, Brian. Obviously, I got I got to marry I got to marry Zombie Nation because that shit gives you goosebumps every time. But the one that grew on me though was that oh uh, the hum ooh that one went hard. See that one, you can thank the Kettle Club for that one. We did bring that one there first. Promise you that. That one. 
that one yeah that one was lit ryan was there was there any other stadium that you ever went to that compared to the kennel because i know byu has a gigantic student section byu was nuts you gotta imagine they got like thirty six thousand fans or whatever it is so you got a mom and dad their 10 kids all filled up the entire freaking stadium and everybody's going crazy off, off of happiness. <laughs> nobody's in there. Nobody's turned up. But at the same time, they will still go, you, you piece of crap, you know? And it's like, what? Like, they, they don't shut up the entire game. But at the end of the game, like, you're, like, walking back to the bus. And I'm like, great game. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't. Oh, dude, I hate it. BYU. Oh, we did too. Did you guys, we did too. Oh, did you guys hear were there BYU ever? Go ahead, Jake. Oh, sorry. What's that? Were there ever any games like at the kennel where you're just like, why? Why are people waiting in line for this game? Like a a Tarleton State or like an an LMU? Did you sometimes question the oh, the fans' the dedication? Yeah, like the first three games of the season, when you play like, dude, I don't know, Morehouse State or whatever it is, like, come on, man. You know how much we had to pay them just to get here? Like, that's, it's, oh, it's a joke. So I don't know why y'all wait, why y'all, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still cold. Yeah, y'all crazy for long, watch those games. I think the uh, first ever game, right, I think the exhibition game of your freshman year, I believe you guys played like Northwest Nazarene <laughs> College or something just absolutely Ooh. absurd like that. And yeah, it was packed. Who? Like like Northwest Nazarene? <laughs> something I I had never heard. Of. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? That's probably the game I logged the most minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you know what? Hey, shout out NCAA rules. Those suck too, but um. You know what I did? Because my boys, they were like, dude, I'm not, I'm not trying to wait in line. Like, I would love to go to the game. And I'd be like, all right, well, I got four tickets. So if you want a ticket, I want a fifth. So a ticket a fifth, and I, I was good for the weekend. <laughs> it was That was a good deal, man. What kind of what kind of fifth? What was your uh, What was your choice? What was your poison? Back then? Uh... Man, probably some Jack Daniels, or I mean, I used to do tequila back then, but now that shit just comes right back up. Um, yeah, probably probably some whiskey. I was I was a cheap bass. I didn't want you know do them too hard. So if they want to hook it up, you know, if they want to go cheap, they gotta do a half gallon of R and R. That old rich and rare baby. Well, I'm sorry that uh, I didn't know that was the uh, payment you received or you took because I remember you uh, hooked up my mom. No, didn't didn't I give your I gave your yep. parents some tickets or something? Didn't you I? You did, you did, you did, and I I didn't know that uh, this was the uh, currency, so that's on me. Man, you know, it was a one-time thing. If you're be like, hey, my parents are coming town in town again, I'd be like, hey, no, <laughs> you know, but one-time deal is okay. Well. They, they definitely appreciated it. All right, Ryan, I think we got uh, no, was... time for uh, one more question here. We talked about the tournament. Man, you know, it's, the whole, it's the whole, uh, you know, it's, you, 
you know, we got to see what happens with the matchups, health, all that stuff, how the bracket plays out. You got to, you know, quit for COVID, all that stuff this year. But uh, what would it mean to you as a former player, someone that was part of the program, you know, this whole ride, to finally see Mark Few be the last one on the ladder, twirling the net around as a national champion? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Me and Mark Few, not greatest, not greatest of buddies anymore. So I probably would, you know, like look away from the TV at that moment, watch everybody else get down the net. Um, but no, honestly, we, uh, it'd be awesome. You know, everybody throughout what last 20, 20 years, um, during this run, it's what everybody wanted. Um, so to see that come to fruition finally would be, would be pretty crazy. I just, I wish it wasn't, wish there was no COVID bullshit, you know, asterisk or I don't know what they're you know what I mean I just don't I don't want nobody saying oh there's COVID rule or, you know what I mean I don't want none of that I want them to just flat out win it oh yeah definitely all the blue blood fans are gonna be like well there was no fans so that doesn't count and uh, you only play 25 games not 28 all y'all all three y'all suck this year UNC Duke and Kentucky y'all suck her ass beautifully said <laughs> That's well, all Ryan, can be said. <laughs> thank you for coming on, man. It's, it's, it was absolutely awesome, uh, you know, hearing these stories and kind of going back down memory lane a little bit. Uh, you know, as the tournament goes on, we see how uh, long this ride goes. We might need you to come on and, uh, you know, be an analyst, break down the matchup or something here and there. So uh, you will definitely be Anytime. a, a uh, recurring guest of the A Few Too Many podcast. Hey, you let me know I'll be here. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. That was awesome. I have loved Gonzaga from the first time I saw him. I mean, it's just too much depth, too much size, too much experience, and a winner's mentality. Numbers for the Zags. Lob and the finish for Kispert. Kispert. He's got over 1,000 points in his career. Look at Drew Timmy. Oh, Timmy, man. My guy, Timmy. Timmy spins left and does it again. Timmy, again. Shawty, hell, finish. Timmy, what are we seeing here? Kevin Lagonde. 21 consecutive games in which they've won by double figures. The last remaining undefeated team in college basketball. A perfect regular season for Mark Fuse, Gonzaga Bulldogs. Just a special team, Dave. It really is a special team. Dude, we're back up. ladies and gentlemen ryan thank you so much for an awesome interview um definitely recommend if you guys somehow skip that give it a listen all time zag interview right there um but moving on a lot has happened since we last talked to you guys uh gonzaga won both their games obviously because we don't lose knock on wood uh beat santa Clara and lmu in a, in a pair of what felt like ugly matches but, hey, we came out with the dub, still put up a ton of points. Guys, any quick thoughts on these ones? Well, my my first thought would be to bounce it back to you because this was, you know, all season long, hand up. I've been the negative Nancy of the group. I've been saying, you know, I, I hate the way we start games. I feel like sometimes we come out entitled. This week, I was not that person, but in fact it was the our fearless leader, Justin Page. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. 
it was tough watching these games. Um, I'm going to indirectly blame the person I was watching both of these games with, my dad. He's a uh, notoriously negative fan. But my kind of guy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It was part of his energy. And, and you know, we I felt like we finally turned a corner, closing these WCC teams out. And to see them show up, and, and Ryan touched on it in his interview, where it's hard to show up to every game when there's you're playing these nobodies and you're the number one team in the country. But at the same time, you're just like, God, just fucking beat them. Step on their neck, get it over with. Like, why let them hang around? And it just got very frustrating. And I was kind of like messing around a little bit, but I, it was definitely a lot of negativity on my end. I'm usually the positive guy, but sometimes you gotta get you gotta get the get, boys fired up a little bit. Get those demons out. Get I those get demons it. out. Especially when you're watching it. Like I know when I watch the Zag games with my dad, he just needles me like intentionally. <laughs> He's like, "Wow, well, they're probably gonna lose," and they're down like four with like. 12 minutes left in the first half you're like why Fuck off. why are you even saying this uh, yeah you know i'm glad you guys have brought up the fathers because it's actually weird my dad is negative about every other team that we're that our families are friends about or fans of usc football if the other team scores the first touchdown my dad gives up on the game if they score a field goal <laughs> my dad gives up we've lost he was doing that in the reggie bush era like when we had Pete carroll and matt leinard still and it Obviously, it's just gotten worse today. But, and then before the Dodgers were able to win the World Series this year, every time Kershaw was on the hill, one of the winningest pitchers of all time, every time he came to the bump, even a regular season game, game was over. He already gave up because he knew Kershaw would give up a couple dingers. Um, <laughs> but with the Zags, for some reason, Victor, shout out Victor, um, not negative. It's kind of always positive. So I don't know where, where I got my negativity from. You guys have an excuse. Yeah, I, again, I don't. It was partially because of him. I don't want to give him all the credit because he's actually more positive than he typically is in our viewing experiences. But um, yeah, I think I think it was the main thing for me was it felt like we turned a corner and and showing up for these games. Real quick question for you guys: nope. Our first half sluggishness is a theme, whether we like it or not. It's a theme of this team in the WCC primarily. Does it concern you? Heading into March. Concerns me for maybe like the the 8-9 round. But I think once we get to the Sweet sweet 16, they'll show up for every battle. Um, it's just a little bit concerned. Unless we play like an Oklahoma State or even like a San Diego State, uh, I could see us getting up for that. But it, it's a little bit concerning. I'm not concerned. I mean, whatever, sweet, or whatever 16 seed we're playing is not going to be ready for us at all. They will have no idea how to play our offense. Um, and then the round of 32, I feel like the entire tournament sucks is just going to blow up because he is so good, I feel, in the big games. Kansas, Iowa, even Virginia, he played really well. And if he gets a marquee matchup, he is going to try to make a statement. So I'm not worried. Definitely. All right, well... Moving on, um, great question, Zane. Um, cool little thing happened this weekend. Ben Gregg made his first appearance in the first half. Um, for those of you who don't know and follow the Zags, he's supposed to be a high school senior. Guys, what did you think of the uh, the youngins' first minutes in, in the first half? Kind of cool. 
I thought he played great. He had a lot of energy. He, like, it felt the the other team had to actually acknowledge him as an offensive threat, unlike a, another certain backup center we have on our team. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Um, also, one of the funniest tweets uh, of the night was after the game, Ben Gregg was like, I guess it's also kind of my senior night, which is objectively hilarious. That, that was great. That was a good one. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was awesome to see Ben Gray get some like actual playing time. I think we're we're pretty optimistic GU fans here. Even me, who was saying he would only get garbage time, I think I even maybe alluded to maybe he come in, you know, second first half. I don't know, but um, boy oh boy, it was interesting to see Balo come in for two minutes. Looked great running up and down the floor. Looked great, as always, running up and down the floor. Looks faster, honestly, every game running up and down the floor. But um, I think first play to him was a bounce pass. Maybe it came in a little hot. Maybe it didn't. Off the face, out of bounds, turnover. It was tough. That just fucking killed me. But but one good thing he did, I think he had a really nice putback. Maybe it was um, goaltending a little bit. It wasn't called, so it was not goaltending. But then Ben Gregg came out on the floor, and wow, the kid, if you just watch those two minutes, like, you can't watch them side by side, but if you watch them consecutively, there is a difference. Ben Gregg is more ready for the college level right now than Omar Ballo is, and that's a high school senior. Just saying. A little scary, a little scary for sure, all things considered. I mean, yeah, when you can't trust a guy to catch the ball when he's supposed to it just you can't put him in you can't trust him i love his hustle he's he's improved on that front but he's got to put it together you know he's been here for almost two years now i'm not saying he has to be i'm getting a little fired up i'm not saying he's got to be perfect i don't we don't need him to be even the fourth scoring option when he's on the floor but you know you just got to kind of take it one day at a time i guess but we were even put in this situation oh dan do you want to defend your guy real quick oh boy all right, he's tough to defend right now. Um, I will also say that's not that... what the defense is saying. <laughs> Jake, that was good. That was a good one. I will also say that, as you guys know, I wasn't able to watch this game live. I was following along, but then I came home and did my own little film study at night after work. Uh, but when Paige was texting about how bad the ball of play was, I was like, "Uh oh, what's going to happen here?" Um, yeah, he did not handle that pass well. I think he. Did not expect it at all because Nemhard like it was a ridiculous pass through two guys around people, and I think Bala was just like looking at the rim probably already. And then by the time he looked down, the ball was in his face. So not great awareness. Um, he did play good defense on the play before that. I remember good uh, good uh, shot. Uh, he didn't block the shot, but he challenged the shot. But as good, I'm, said, I'm glad the seven footer could challenge the shot. As as Ryan said, he thinks Balo learned how to run like a year ago. So there's a lot of development and a lot of growth here that's that needs to happen. Um, but yeah, I think you see that Ben Gregg uh, has played a whole hell of a lot more basketball than Balo has. Balo will only be in there for size and to hopefully deter people at the rim for a couple minutes here and there. But he's not going to be a pivotal part for us. No, no chance. This year. 
Well, a big reason, I mean, the only reason we saw Ben Gregg and probably Bala was because of the Watson and Timmy foul trouble. Does anyone have any concerns or thoughts about, um, you know, how this could impact our team? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and chime in, but yeah, obviously, you know, Jake just said it, um, with Timmy and Watson both in foul trouble, but, you know, my question for you guys is, you know, in a tournament scenario where, you know, let's say we play UNC, UNC has four quality bigs. Who do you, do we play ball or do we play Greg or combination of both? I mean, I think right now I feel more comfortable with Greg because he has a feel for both the defense and the offense. I'll chime in uh, real quick. I think the big, the biggest issue we're kind of alluding to here is like what happens with foul trouble, right? If, if there's a way you're going to beat Gonzaga in this tournament, it's if Timmy and Watson get into foul trouble because Watson can kind of cover that five position pretty well. He, he did so against, he was formidable against Luca Garza. Luca got his, but no one else could. Um, I, I, as far as your example, Coop, I'm really not worried about UNC. Even with all their bigs, I'm really not worried. I think our guards cause havoc on the perimeter. Um, there are bigs in the WCC who like, who should be able to impose their dominance more on Timmy Harms for BYU is a guy who should be able to get 20 to 25 points on Timmy. He doesn't. Um, the guy from LMU that we just played this week, I, I, I'm never going to learn his name. Matthias Markison. Markison. That dude is like seven, two. He should absolutely be able to impose his will on Timmy. I think, I think Timmy does well enough to, to hang in there. He actually is really smart when he's in foul trouble. Um, but I think Coop's biggest point here was Ballo or Greg. Ah, oh, man, it kills me to say. I'm rolling the dice with Ballo right now. I think that frame is just too big. And, and defensively, it at least gives you something to think about. And I actually thought he did okay against uh, Garza earlier this year. That was a long time ago. He's developed quite a bit since then. Um, ah, man, I think, I, I think I'm going Ballo still. Call me crazy. Mm, I'm not. I'm going Greg. I want someone who has feel on both ends of the floor in the tournament because I think our best defense is going to be our offense at times, especially if those guys are in trouble. And you got to have guys that are going to finish a layup at the end of the day. And I'll be up front. I don't think Balo can at all times, um, especially with hands in his face when he's getting a little uncomfortable. Greg has a little more feel there, so. I yeah, I agree. I would like almost like Greg and even like get Strother in there. I know Strother is not a, a center. He's a four, but I would not be opposed to like a true five guard lineup where we're just like, yeah, if they get into the paint, they're probably going to get an easy bucket, but we're going to score every possession and we're going to force turnovers. And I still trust our plus minus in that scenario. Go ahead, Zambi. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, all of our award-winning listeners here. You know, I've been on the Ballo train for a while. Yes, he has come out of the oven, but I think he serves a purpose here. While he is a big body, I think we'll need that during the tournament. But at the same time, I do definitely respect Ben Griggs' basketball IQ and his savvy. And so my proposition here is we get Ballo in there to be a stone wall. Maybe pick up a foul or two so Greg doesn't get it. 
and then leave all the offensive coordination stuff to Ben. <laughs> yeah, I think I think ultimately what we're getting at here is if Watson and Timmy are in severe foul trouble, if they foul out in a close game with like two or three minutes to go, I am fucking nervous. I think like I I am not confident in us winning that game. Um, you know, great like something could always happen. If if Kisper and Suggs decide to say fuck it, we're gonna make every single three that we shoot. That's the way we win that type of game. But if Ben Gregg or Ballo are playing like valuable, valuable minutes in the NCAA tournament, we are in severe trouble. On high alert, code red. Bring in the tequila. We are not an overtime team. That is for sure. We are. We put you away early and coast. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the first time that we've seen both Timmy and Watson in this kind of foul trouble? I remember Iowa, I think Timmy fouled out late, right? Correct. Yeah. And Ball it, and Watson and like something to help Timmy, but he didn't what in this LMU game, like Watson picked up like three fouls in like four minutes, I think. Well well, we're talking the, the Santa Clara game is where the foul trouble Oh, is that it? Okay, I got confused. Yeah, but but if you just like like I, I'm just thinking about that game specifically. Timmy's fouls early were two just because he was lazy and like let his man beat him and then was trying to recover. And then Watson was just over aggressive on the offensive glass. So they were two very correctable things, things that I don't think are like going to plague us. Like we've seen them, you know, be able to survive against a Luca Garza. Yeah. They foul out late, but it's not like critical because we're already comfortable. I'd say. But in terms of, like, Timmy, it was just a, a, a bad, slow start and Watson trying to do a little too much. So I, I think that those specific instances are probably good teaching moments for both of those guys. For sure. The the flip side of that coin is, like, there's a very clear formula on how you get to this Gonzaga team. We're already thin when it comes to big men. you got to find a way to get Timmy in foul trouble. And then if you can do that, and you can also get Watson in foul trouble. I do think Watson is like actually very prone to like getting fouls called against him just because of how physically imposing he kind he of plays. People. Right, right. He he will get his fouls. It's not. I, I I would actually be curious to see what he how many fouls he averages a game. I'd guess it's like three, three and a half. But that that's the formula. And in the NCAA tournament, you can bet your ass every single team is going to be trying their best to implement that formula. Obviously it's not the easiest to do because everyone would be doing it if they could, but I mean, it's the tournament teams are going to bring their a game every single game. And so it's, it's, a, it's cause for concern. I think. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Oh, some good chatter boys. Um, moving on five Gonzaga players in double digits versus LMU. Not sure if you guys have any notes about that, but that's pretty impressive. Can you name them Jake? Well, I have it pulled up, so uh, I guess I could. Paige, can you boo. name him? Yeah, Paige, can you name him? Mm, Suggs, Kispert, Ayayi, Timmy, and Watson. Ah, uh, it's because I told you guys yesterday. You got no, I, I didn't. Damn it. I don't remember. Watson, though, 11 points. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Nemhard. I knew it wasn't Nemhard. So, kudos to me, being a beast, as always. Um, any other notes, though, on that? I mean, I think everyone got a little teary-eyed. I don't know if this is segueing, but Kispert um, leaving the kennel. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely had a moment there where I was like, damn. 
it's empty too i was like fuck that kind of sucks it, it was eerie for sure Be, especially because it was empty but it was also cool to like it was more personal it was in, pretty in a personal. sense yeah. um god i would love to be a fly on the wall for what him and few the words they shared because it was quite the embrace it was like a i would yeah. almost describe it as like a nigel williams goss-esque embrace oh, easily i'd um, say i'd say even more oh you can't really come pretty close I mean, but i'm sure Corey and cory and few are gonna have another goodbye moment after the tournament whether it's glory or you know sorrow but yeah no whoa, i mean whoa, it was whoa, awesome whoa. it was only awesome glory. to see kisper go hey, out glory. um is, is dan talking yeah he's saying only glory okay <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome to see the way he went out. I mean, the guy played an absolute monster two games. I, we're going on to the next one. Combined for 49 points in his last two games in the kennel. Um, there's a reason he won the WCC Player of the Year Award. This is our fearless leader. This is the guy we're going to fall back on when we get in trouble. This is our, our knight in shining armor right here, boys. Our champion. <laughs> he is our champion. But... Moving forward, you know, it was was tough for senior night. And if you didn't listen to our last senior night segment, go check that out. Episode, I think, 47, 48, maybe. One one thing to add real quick with senior night, I think Aaron Cook's gone. The way he left the floor hugging everyone, he did the ceremony before the game. That leads me to believe that, like, there was a conversation, like, do you want your senior night? And he said yes, because it was like he was treating it like his last game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's gone. Yeah. Only way it would be if we choke so hard in the tournament like yeah. second game mm-hmm. which we won't yeah Ugh, that makes me like makes my stomach turn jake when you say that right. wichita state flashbacks gotcha. nope except we're yeah, the undefeated team this year dan <laughs> all right moving on boys big wcc team coming or not team tournament coming up vegas sin city you heard the stories from ryan boys Who's making it to the semis against Gonzaga and BYU? And tell me how they get there. This is definitely just <laughs> recency bias, but I think LMU is making it on Gonzaga's size. I mm. like their, I like their size. Um, St. Mary's is butt. I think we can all agree with that. Like Tommy Coos could have a, a good game, but I don't know. I thought LMU played good team basketball. Um, I think they're going to power through. Then on, on BYU's side, uh, I'm going to go Pepperdine. I just love Colby Ross. I really hope he gets a, a couple games um, in his, what will most likely be his last games as a college player, unless he decides to come back for his, mm. you know, I don't know. It's not a Super redshirt. senior year? Extra year, yeah. Super senior year. Victory lap, we'll call it. And then um, <clears throat> I'm going to do a hot take. Ooh. I think... Gonzaga wins. Ooh, ooh, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! A lot whoa. of people are sleeping on them. You know, <laughs> they're no Michigan. You know, don't get me wrong, but I think oh Gonzaga is sneaky good. Yeah. So I'll I'll go next. I got the bracket in front of me right here. I think the Gonzaga side of the bracket is beyond boring. Beyond boring. San Diego, San Francisco. Who cares? Uh, LMU is <clears throat> definitely going to beat whatever team comes next. And then LMU St. Mary's, I really think is a coin flip. I think St. Mary's will probably get that game just because at least they like, I just think they have a better coach. They have a, at least somewhat of like a 
they used to have a winning culture, maybe. I don't know. I think St. Mary's getting out. I, maybe I just want the St. Mary's Gonzaga re, like matchup. One more time. That, that's <laughs> Give it to me all the time. I want to beat them by 20. Um, the other side of the bracket, though, I think is actually fascinating. And I and it's weird because we get, Ryan said, every, every team we play in the WCC is going to play against Gonzaga like it's their Super Bowl. So when we see these teams and we see a couple of like unknown WCC players just go off against us, that doesn't happen when they play each other. They kind of <laughs> go back to being themselves. And so I don't know what to make of that. Um, but I, I Saint, Santa Clara gave us a tough game. Pacific gave us a tough game. Pepperdine gave us a tough game. The only team that didn't really was BYU. <laughs> um, and they're the, they're the top seed on that side of the bracket. I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick Pepperdine with Jake. I think they actually, I think they have, you know, Romar, think, say what you will about him. He's got a lot of experience under his belt. Kobe Ross is legit. But I could see, I could see Santa Clara running through that bracket. I could also see Pacific getting hot. I think that side is a toss-up. Does Portland get hot? No. That's the only team that has no chance of getting hot Do as they Portland. pilot through that, that uh, side of the bracket? Have, have, they still, have they gotten a WCC win yet? No. They fire their coach, though. <laughs> Apparently has not helped. No. No, they're pretty bad. Um, I'll close it out. I think uh, I'm going to go a little underdog here. I'm going to go San Francisco gets hot. Catch the fire for against San Diego and then carry that through both LMU and St. Mary's because they want that Gonzaga rematch, and then we smack them. Um, and then real, real quick, isn't it wild that a couple months ago San Francisco beat Virginia? It's and crazy. now they're number eight heading into the that, WCC that tournament. That blows my mind. <laughs> that actually blows my mind. I think it really shows, you know, the WCC isn't all that bad to their eighth seed. I think San Diego and and Portland really bring that down. I think Stephen Carr had a note. Of course, this, the Gonzaga statistician had a note about that, that they really bring down the whole ranking. The snail. The snail. Escargo. Um, and then on the BYU side, I'm just going to go ahead and pick another little wild card. Pacific. I was going to – I wanted to pick him. Dude, I wanted to pick him. Damon Stoudemire, Mighty Mouse. He coaches them them boys up pretty good. Uh, they play physical brand of basketball, and I think they're gonna bully Pepperdine a little bit and uh, spoil Colby Ross's little little senior tour. Jake was so excited about. Who's the big guy for Pacific again? <laughs> Bell. I don't even last know. name. That's I could not question. tell you. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. Dan. Bell. Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, dude, that guy was legit against us. I've watched only one other Pacific game. And his name didn't come up once. That's so, <laughs> Oregon's name, right? Jordan Bell? Like, Am I crazy? Three or four years ago, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they both have the okay. same name. That's good to know. So, <laughs> wait, do we... Do you... I mean, I think BYU is coming out of that side of the bracket, and we beat BYU. Yeah. Does everyone else agree with that? Sure. I think probably, yeah. They probably do, but I wouldn't be surprised if another team did. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. There's one thing BYU can do. It's underperform. True. Yeah. Remember that? Was it last well, year when they beat us and then they lost to St. Mary's? St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Idiots. We all wanted that revenge game so badly. Yeah. And then they just badly. shat their pants. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying Santa Clara runs to the table up until the championship. Oh. Wow. Dude, I, okay. I kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if that happens. That's four wins in a row. Dude, I'm telling you, that side of the bracket is legit. Like, Has Santa, Santa Clara, Pacific, Pepperdine, and BYU. Those teams, I would say they're all like close to equal right now. 
Has Santa Clara won four games in a row this year? <laughs> I know you guys God. probably I, can't I, answer I, it. Dan? Dan? <laughs> That's not... <laughs> have they, have they that, had a chance to play know. four games? I mean, they've just been, like, sick. Probably not. Probably not. But I do know this, that when they played us, they were missing... I don't know if he was their leading scorer. He was a guy that scored 16 points a game. If they get him back with freaking Guglielmo Caruso and uh, that guy that was dunking on everyone, Jalen Williams or whatever, Santa Clara's kind of nice. Yep, Jalen. Yeah. I think Santa Clara goes to the South. If they get Gabagool Johnson back, they're going to kill it. (laughs) Dan, you're probably the most level-headed, most informed on this podcast. What do you think about that side of the bracket? The Santa Clara side? Yeah. I think Santa Clara goes to the semis. And then what happens? And then BYU gets them, and then we get to beat net-ranked 22 BYU for the third time, and people can be like, you guys still don't play anybody. Fair. Coop? Yeah, I think uh, our semi matchup, we, uh, we play St. Mary's again, beat them by... 25 cover this time get to the championship um the other side of the bracket i think byu semifinal game is kind of a must win if they want to secure their place in the tourney so um hmm? i think they'll play pepperdine what disagreeing for some reason i, I don't think, think i don't think they're a lock to get in i think byu is a total lock you, yeah byu what they're a total lock coop he's their best win sdsu is pretty good yeah, they're they've been like a seven or eight seed in every single bracket that's been released. I don't think one loss is gonna change that. They're ranked they're ranked twenty two in the net. <laughs> okay, come on, Coop. Come on, Coop. I think I don't think they're a lock. They're not in my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we get can we get a Cooper bracket published on by Friday? Give me the Drake Bulldogs over. <laughs> oh my God! Didn't Drake just lose another game? This they're actually out. They're d- actually done. Yeah, they've lost two of their starters. So, but anyways, <laughs> I think I'm taking a BYU Pepperdine matchup. I would love Pepperdine to win that game. I love Colby Ross. I think he's a stud, and I'd love for us to play Pepperdine again in the championship. But I'm taking BYU, and I think we beat BYU in the championship by 20 points. Nice, Zambi. Last point goes to you. All right, so I have two points here. One, I do agree with Cooper. Colby Ross is pretty sweet. Secondly, how are you already commenting on the spread of the St. Mary's game when we don't know who the hell they're playing? Like, you know Vegas. Come on. For, was Cooper commentating on the spread what? of St. Mary's? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying we beat them by 25. I have no idea what the spread. No, is. yeah, no. You said we covered the spread. You know what? I'm oh, taking. I- I'm on Team Zambi on this side of the argument. I'm gonna plant my flag on his side right now. He's right, Cooper. Screw you. Well, I'll be on Team Cooper because I know I'm gonna bet the Zacks to cover whatever spread is whoever we're playing. Oh, this oh. is an addiction. Quick, They're quick question. Bad. Speaking of addictions. I want to check in with Dan and see how the uh, betting streak's going. Not good. Back to you. <laughs> what happened, Dan? What happened? Let's just say I oh, got really? a lot of free credits this week from my guy because we were down. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, it was it was the Lakers. I, I, it was always involving the Lakers. It's always your team. 
It's always going to be your team that lets you down when you're betting. What do we go, Jake? Did we lose three straight oh. NBA games? Definitely, yeah. We shouldn't have dabbled in the NBA. That was mistake number that's, one. That's risky business. Not great. But uh, real quick, I just did some more research. BYU, 19 in the net. Oh. But, hey, but Cooper, they're not a Cooper's bracket. True. <laughs> I just, a team that gets blown. What are they? How, how much did they lose by to USC Zane? By, like, 30? Yeah. That was tough. Okay, okay. I'm like, you're not a tournament. If we want to talk about USC, though, one night USC looks like a legit ass, like Elite Eight team. The next night, they look like a freaking NIT team. So you never know what you're getting with them. In BYU's defense, they have no bad losses. Their worst losses to Pepperdine by three points. Bad loss. Yeah, it's not a great loss, but it's a quadrant B or whatever. They Boise have... State's pretty good, too, right? Yeah, Boise State's good. All right. And it's four points. Real quick, while we're while we're on the WCC tournament topic, championship would be next Tuesday. Are we doing a live reaction pod after the game? Great. I forgot Dan backed out of the Oh, no. Yeah, pre-pod. we're doing a Wednesday pod. Yeah. I'm not doing a 9 p.m. cast. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Shut down. Well, guys, that was great discussing the WCC and Zags, but we have bigger fish to fry Outside the WCC, fraud alert, Michigan bows down to the fighting Illini. They lose by, what, 22 points or so? I mean, massive frauds, right? Like, I mean, you said bow down. I would say bend over. That's what bend Michigan over. did. Yeah, hey, whatever, whatever works for me. Jesus. 2021. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, how fucking outrageous is that? Fuck those Michigan fans. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Michigan team. I think they have some great yeah. players. Livers, uh, Dickerson. But <clears throat> Michigan fans can eat a dick. Like, they are the most <laughs> entitled fans. Like, when's the last time Michigan won a basketball championship? Fab Five, yeah. maybe? They didn't even win. Yeah, They had the most boneheaded play in the history of <laughs> college basketball. Also very With true. one of the most talented teams. Um, So, fuck Michigan. Go Illinois. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's fuck Michigan. Like you said, I actually really like watching their games. Their team is fun. They play with energy. Juwan Howard is a very, like, really likable coach. Hasn't accomplished much, but very likable. That's my hot take. I'll save that for another day. Um, So I actually really do like watching the Michigan team. I like their players. Nothing bad to say about the team. Their fans, like you said, are just assholes. They comment every time an opposing team makes a post on Twitter they they all comment with like a little meme, like a little Michigan meme. They just troll. They're just a bunch of trolls. And you know what? You know who fell into that trap? The media. The media fell into not this media, but the the real media. Mm. They fell fake into the trap. The, the the fake media. Correct. <laughs> Everyone all of a sudden they win like three. three okay, I think it was like actually they had, they did win two they or three impressive impressive around. wins. So, okay, Ohio State also on the fraud alert. There's a lot of Watch. fraud alerts out there right now. I I tend to think that Iowa is a little bit on the fraud alert as well. But a lot of the media decided to put oh you know uh, Michigan number one a big cat on today's podcast oh yesterday's God. podcast came out and was just like saying they're objectively the best team in basketball. No, they're not. They have two losses. Like they're just not the best team in basketball. They don't have a. Do they have a single player on the wooden watch right now? Oh, if they do, we have three. So go suck at that one. 
we're just a better team all around. We have better players. They play with probably more energy than we do. But, like, I refuse to believe that this Michigan team is still... I still will not put them with Baylor and Gonzaga. They're not on that top, top tier. They're on a tier just below nipping at our heels. Would If we play them, would I be worried? Yeah, I would. Yeah. But fuck their fans. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I think you're right. I think... They do. It's hard with the tears. You you can't lose by fucking twenty to Illinois without their best player on your I, on your home court. On your home court, I personally I think that has to push them slightly below. They might end up being the fourth one seed, which okay. is a little scary. I still think they're the third. Illinois looks good. They look good. That's true. Call me crazy. They got Curbelo. They got that other guard. Obviously, when Io gets back, and then Kofi Coburn. That's four really good players. Dude, I'm convinced the whole Big Ten is involved in a big pump and dump scheme where they're all <laughs> above average teams and they just beat each other and beat each other and play no one else so you have no idea how good they are compared to the rest of the country. Yeah. It's just like, well, they beat Iowa, but Iowa beat Illinois, but Illinois beat Michigan, and it just a big circle jerk until the top of the conference gets a one seed and the rest are like high two or three seeds. You know, you know, it'd be awesome is if all those big 10 teams just like lost before the sweet 16, before the sweet 16, they all go. That would be pretty good. Oh, Coop's, Coop's, Coop's got something. Coop's corner. I have a bit of a hot take, but I'll go on record and say that Michigan loses in the sweet 16. Oh, spicy. Without even seeing the bracket. (laughs) <laughs> yes, man, because Cooper already really has his bracket. Did you hear? They're not playing BYU. Drake beats BYU no one beat Michigan. Well, if you think about most teams with the non-conference, like, who else played a good non-conference besides us? Baylor played, Baylor played Illinois. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Like, we have to play a really good non-conference because they have to play right. such a good conference play. Of course, but it was also because of the added challenges of the COVID season. Right. Like, where we took that risk because we absolutely needed it, where the other teams, like, didn't really seek it out as much. Yeah. um, With me, like, for me, with the Big Ten and everyone else in college basketball, not named Gonzaga, everyone's susceptible to getting beaten by teams that they have no business losing to. Mm -hmm. And perhaps they play in more games where – that is a real possibility because when we don't play up to our level, like we can still, you know, run away from a Santa Clara late. But at the same time, anytime we've played anybody formidable, we bring it and we beat the shit out of them. Right. And, and, so and that's a great point because like a lot of people like to point to the WCC and they say like, you know, you guys don't fight face these teams night in, night out. The, the team that is actually, we've talked about BYU. They rankings wise, Kempom wise, they are like a top twenty-five team, and we shit pump those guys every single time we play them. So like, there there's something to be said about like, yeah, okay, you know, if you had to play a, a Wisconsin who's like kind of a bubble twenty-five to thirty team right now, maybe if you take that first half off against a team like Wisconsin, you can't come back from them. But boy, oh boy, like on our home court. We ain't doing what Michigan did against Illinois. We have never done what Michigan did against Illinois on our home court, even when we weren't as good as we are now. You just can't let that happen. And they they have some fans in the stands. It's not – there's no excuse. There's no excuse. 
Jawan Howard did not get the boys fired up for this game. Did not. Especially the Illinois without Iodasumu. Like that should take them down tremendously. Like this is it this is gonna look like not the worst loss in the world because it's number five Illinois or whatever, number four. But it is a severely depleted Illinois team without Iodasumu. Yeah. Who's our boy? Is it is it Hunter Dickinson? Is that their big guy, the seven two guy or whatever? All right. Yeah. He Every time I hear like a Michigan fan like talk about this Michigan team, they say, what are you going to do about him? Oh, I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do about him. We're going to do the same thing that we did to Luca Garza where we're going to let him get his, but we're going to gas him out of the game very quickly. The dude only averages 25 minutes per game. He's barely playing more than half the game. If he plays against the fastest team in the country, the most efficient offense in the country, he's going to play max 20 minutes. And if he plays more than that, he's going to foul out. I'm really not worried about that guy. I'm far more worried about Michigan's uh, like guard play and their and their shooting ability. I I mean, in my opinion, I watched a, a few highlights of some of their games earlier today because I came prepared in, in case they did beat Illinois. Their offense isn't remotely close to what our offense can do. The only chance they really have is they play with a lot of intensity on both ends of the floor, and I think that could be tiring for us but i really don't see a world where they beat us unless we don't show up in the first half and their their energy really kind of puts us away early but even then i'd be like oh second half we can probably run them off the court so bringing this conversation full circle if timmy and watson get into foul trouble and hunter dickinson is still in the game pray for ballo Pray for Ben Gregg because that is going to be a scary, scary situation. Without a doubt. But if you if you watch that game tonight, like the big matchup was Dickinson against Kofi Coburn, both of them are in foul trouble and they're both just off the court. <laughs> if that happens, advantage Gonzaga all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that from the back of Michigan Center looked booty. Um, but moving on to the other top four team that took a loss this, um, this past weekend. Baylor going down to Kansas. Uh, do we still believe in the Baylor Bears? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, be I, back. If you would have asked me um, in that Kansas game, did I believe in them? Absolutely not. That team, what what we're seeing right now is what happens, and I think we, t- we talked about this last week. What we're seeing right now is what happens when a team is forced to go into a COVID pause for three weeks and – your players are actually sick with symptoms of COVID. And, and dude, they look gassed. Their defense is not the same as it, as it used to be. They could, every single three they shot in that Kansas game was short. They were not long on any three. When you're short on your shot, it's because you have tired legs. Everyone knows that. My, my dad used to tell me when I was short, it's because I was tired and I needed to get more conditioning. Back in, you know, fifth, sixth grade. Regardless... I do think Baylor coming out, they played ugly against West Virginia and were still able to pull out a win. That is huge in my book. I thought West Virginia looked great tonight. And for them, for Baylor to somehow squeak out a win was very impressive to me. Baylor is back. Yeah, I would agree. I, I am not, it's, it's a weird position to be because you know what they can be. I, I didn't see the same Baylor Bears we were used to when they were undefeated pre-COVID pause. However, it was a very, very impressive win to go to West Virginia 
and uh, beat them in overtime. Ruckus I thought crowd. ruckus crowd. Yeah, I personally West Virginia. I think they should have won that game. They had a lot of very dumb uh, mistakes and turnovers, especially um, where they would literally, you know, get a quick rebound and then just pass it, basically pass it to one of the Baylor guys or Baylor guards, which was tough to watch because I. You know, West Virginia, they're our Big 12 brethren. And uh, I wanted to see them pull that one out. But I think Baylor is still going to be a problem. However, if they're not able to regain that form that they had, I don't see it being too much of an issue. But I think they will. And uh, they're back. I mean, I think this weekend solidified my take last week where Gonzaga is in a tier of its own. Because while I do think the COVID definitely affected Baylor's performance, they were shooting like, what, 45% from three as a team earlier this year. That is just not sustainable in college basketball. You want to know what they shot tonight? What? what, From three? It was probably super high, right? 41% still. Yeah, still, but still below their average, which is crazy. That's an amazing shooting night. still almost lost. (laughs) Yeah, we averaged 36% from the three, which isn't great, but it's like... where we get our bread and butter is the two, which is like 64%. And that's just our offense. And that's not going to change any night. Like, unless, like, turnovers is really the only way we can sink ourselves. Where Baylor can have a poor shooting night and lose against a good team. Which is what's going to happen in March, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I just don't see how you're an analyst and you're looking at all the teams in college basketball... And you don't have a takeaway that Gonzaga is the best team in in the country. I just don't understand it. Boys, tonight, Baylor shot 31 three-pointers. Granted, the game went into overtime, but 31 threes. And they still shot, what did I say, 41%? I mean, dude, talking about living and dying by the three. If, if they don't make one or two of those threes, they lose that game. Yeah. Uh, and and they and I say one or two because they had a couple of clutch threes that put the game away and it kind of extended the yeah. lead more than what it was. Um, I, God, it the three is sexy. The three is sexy when you can shoot over forty percent and you're shooting thirty one threes. That's impressive as hell. But that is going to bite you in the ass. Um, people forget like you when when you're playing Final Four championship game, you're playing in an NFL stadium a lot of the times. That depth perception is not gonna aid any three point shooting teams. Everyone talks about how it's more difficult to shoot in those situations. If if you're living and dying by the three, bring it on, baby. We can take you. We can take you because we can score. You like you gotta just outscore Gonzaga. That's what you have to do. You're not gonna stop us. You have to outscore us. I don't trust. I don't trust Baylor. Oh, you don't trust them. But but they're back. But they're back. But they are back. All right. Well, yeah. I I think at the end of the day we take our guys over anyone we play and we'll ride with them. Um, they lost to Iowa State, as everyone knows. So I think that's great that Gonzaga has probably solidified the Who number lost one. To Iowa State. Baylor. No, oh, I meant uh, Kansas. 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 They almost like... lost to Iowa State. Sorry, but I was I read and I saw Iowa State on the rubric, but almost lost to Iowa State and uh, lost to Kansas. Anyways, my point was Gonzaga's locked up the number one overall seed in all likelihood, um, which I think is big because that means Baylor's probably going to be on the other side of the bracket along with whoever the best. At this point, I would take Michigan. I think we could beat them pretty easily. Um, so maybe hopefully Illinois is over there. I don't want to have to deal with Illinois, but 
yeah, all good things for Gonzaga and uh, upcoming games this week to be determined. Semis, March 8th, 6 p.m., ESPN. St. Mary's. Calling it. This is Scott right Van Pelt at night. <laughs> LMU. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps up our show, boys. Any last thoughts for our... Oh, that's right. We have our uh, basketball facts. I can't forget about this. Jake's 1-0. Jake is 1-0. And now we can make sure that no one is Googling. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Hands up. Hands up. We're all just... Yeah, we're we're, we're all here. (laughs) First, we will just do a fun fact, and then I will have a trivia question. The fun fact... Stand by. The Oregon Webfoots defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes 46-33 to in the first ever NCAA tournament title game. That is our fun fact as we approach the tournament. Uh, that has to be Oregon. Oregon Webfoots. It was way edgier than calling them the Ducks. <laughs> yes, it was. Stand by while I find the good trivia question. I just had it. Someone say something else. All right, I have a guess. I have a guess. I'm going to say 1939. <laughs> just guessing without even knowing the question. <laughs> no, he was guessing oh, no, for the, the, the year. No, the web puts. The web puts. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't even know the year according to this book. This book, I think, is wrong, actually. I, I just remember that from when, um, what, Oregon was in the Final Four, our year. And everyone's like, oh, well, everyone decides North Carolina, this is like their first year in the Final Four. I guess Oregon technically won, but it was back when there was like eight teams in the tournament. Mm. Okay, this is the only good one I can find that like isn't totally obscure. You really sold it. Ready to go? Yep. Who are the only two freshmen to be awarded the Naismith College Player of the Year Award? Anthony Davis. Yep. Is that that's one? Like is that one? Or is this just a, a, a pod collection? There's just I'm one. Not telling you. Ad and I'm gonna guess Chris Weber. Weber? No. Chris Weber is incorrect. No, there were too many, too many good, like older players back then. All right, it's obviously LeBron James. LeBron James did not play in college. Is oh, Anthony Davis one of them, guy. Dan? <laughs> Anthony Davis is one of yeah. them. Nice. Zion's here. Dan. That was impressive. That should be a double point for Colin. Zion. Well, Zion. Is it Zion? When was this book published? It's Zion wanted, right? It's it's not Zion if if he's checking the date. Well, it has not been published by then. It depends on on when this book was published. (laughs) Oh. Uh oh. He's scrambling through the notes. Oh my god, he didn't prepare for this. What about Elgin Baylor? Published 2019. So Zion's on it. Yeah. All right. So if Zion is also on this list. He's not the guy I'm talking. I'm thinking. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, can you give us a, a like a span of years when he was on? Uh, he was a one and done. No, I'm just checking. I'll give you. A, yeah, Zion. I'll give you the fact that 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 he was a one and done in the mid 2000s. Oh god. Kevin Love. No. No. Carmelo Anthony. Ooh. Oh. No. Good guess. Did Dwayne Wade win it? No. Where did Dwayne Chauncey? Wade even go to college? Marquette. No. Dwayne Wade went to Marquette. Chauncey went to Colorado. No. Um. Was it Ke- no? Kemba played multiple years. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Oh. Bingo! Oh! 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 Oh
Two for two. Okay. Who famously, I believe, Zane, you could correct me if I'm wrong, oh. but didn't USC beat Texas in the tournament in Kevin Durant's year? Yes. Yeah, but Texas won the big game. <laughs> no, no, honest. shut up, shut up, Jake. No one shut talks up. about that game. No one talks about that game. We're talking about basketball, oh, Jake. What game oh, were you talking Vince about, Jake? I don't know. Some guy called Vince Young, I think. Dan, I actually <laughs> don't know. Did did USC win? Was that Demar Derozan? That would be the Mayo days, wouldn't it? Let me do my researching job here. My next I guess is Blake Derozan. Griffin because he was freaking he electric. Was with oh, Oklahoma. Blake was awesome. All right. No. Mar- March 18th, 2007, four-seeded Texas against five-seed USC. Trojans, 87. Longhorns, 68. Wow. Who was on? Who was on USC? Probably Taj Gibson. And OJ. Young. OJ Mayo. OJ. Let's see. We're going OJ. to the Was Swaggy? Was Swaggy on the team? Swaggy. All right. Starting lineup for your USC history. Starting lineups for your smiling Gabe Pruitt, Gabe, Gabe Pruitt, Nick Young, Daniel Hackett, Lodrick Stewart, and Taj Gibson. Dude, what an electric team that was! <laughs> Texas had you... Kevin Durant and How DJ August. The sports talent. arena. What? How were you only a five seed with all that talent you had? Who did you recognize on that team? Taj Gibson. OJ Mayo? <laughs> no, OJ was on the team, OJ right, Dan? OJ was not on that team. No. But yeah, there we go. Those are the facts. And uh, Swaggy we'll, we'll have some more fun next week. Swaggy P was sick in college. Alrighty. Well, boys, that just about wraps up our show this week. Thanks again, Ryan, for hopping on the pod. Guys, any last comments, thoughts, philosophies? Fuck Anything. Michigan Twitter, man.